back to another episode of the Last Men Standing podcast, the unofficial podcast to the original 1994 miniseries adaptation of The Stand. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I am Corey. And we are the broadcasters. And today we're diving into part two, The Dreams. And before we get into our little synopsis here for Matt, I want to thank our sponsors again, GlareGuard. Uh, GlareGuard creates high quality polarized sunglasses for a fraction of the price. Go now to GlareGuard.com backslash broadcasters. Or go to glareguard.com uh, and type in broadcasters at checkout for 25% off your first order. That's right, 25% off. Go there now, get yourself a pair of sunglasses as summer's coming up. Uh, Matt, synopsis, what's going on with this one? Harold finds a leather shop. Franny sports a beret. Nadine <laughs> leaves a note. Stu creeps. Mother Abigail putts around the house. Tom makes friends with some mannequins. Nick has had enough. <laughs> Larry makes a series of moves. The men go shirtless. And Trash Can Man 1, Des Moines 0. Take that, Des Moines. Have <laughs> you been Take to Des Moines? Des Moines. I, one time. I was to Des Moines one time when I was in the National Guard. We went there for uh, like two and a half weeks, and I never want to go to Des Moines again. That was enough for me. <laughs> full of Des Moines. And, uh, and I'm set. I don't need any more. All topped out. But you know what I could use some of? Trash Can Man in a different role i recognized him from i recognize this dude i don't know yeah. who he is i got really really excited this is something i think matt's gonna pick up on this one like i feel like matt's been my brain buddy in all of these <laughs> early 90s situations matt what 100%. do you what do you know this guy from i'm a child from the 90s that's the neighbor dad from honey i shrunk the kids right. of course that's right oh. shrunk with the kids all of <laughs> that <laughs> yep all getting darts stuck to his head mm-hmm. with glue <laughs> yep yep oh my god that's my favorite part Ugh, that glue <laughs> Oh, that's so, so good. I yep. haven't seen that. That dude, I haven't seen that movie in ages. Man. And I miss what's his name? Rick, Rick Moranis? Moranis? He's coming back. Rick, Rick, he's coming back. He's uh, He actually just booked a role, I think, in like the Ghostbusters revival or something oh, like that. Oh, the new that. one. But, yeah, but he's nice. uh, he's got roles. He's coming back. His kids are old enough now that he's uh, that he's coming back to films. So, yay, Rick Moranis. Good. We need a Rick Moranis. <laughs> Please, Rick, all over our Moranises. I think it's time for us to jump in this one. Let's go. Let's talk about episode two. Let's talk about some dreams. Oh, the dreams. Ready Ready for the dreams. All right, so usually I, I pass it to you guys to start this kind of, you know, what, what, what are you thinking about? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this one, okay? I don't know if it's just stand fatigue, which is very possible because we've been talking about this fucking show for like... Is it three months? This 10 weeks as of last week. This is 11. Okay. This is 11 okay. straight weeks of this show. I, I'm like, I'm teetering. I, I don't know <laughs> if I can stand much anymore. I'm ready to fall over. I, I no longer, I, I mean, never that I really thought it was, but like the stand isn't good. That's just <laughs> my take. And I don't know if I can, can be convinced that it is good anymore. Like if you told me to go sit and read the book, I would just kind of laugh. Because I would picture all of these terrible scenes and moments from these shows that it's just, they don't work. Like, this episode is boring as hell. It was cringy. It was awkward. And I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the 90s cheesiness, right? But, like, I'm fine with it if it's nostalgic. And I'm fine with it if, like, the story's still good. But uh, this wasn't. The characters were weird. Like, dude, Larry and this is so laughable. All right, I'm, I'll, I'll pass it to you guys because I know that we're going to get into this, but like boring and bad. That's you, my take. You don't enjoy deeply problematic 90s television? No. You don't, you don't enjoy people throwing around the R word and slapping women and like just doing all sorts of bananas, wild shit that nobody can do anymore that doesn't do it for you? No, this doesn't like, this doesn't get me back to the good old days. It's... No, I don't want to watch any of this. I feel like you've, you've been in, in the Amazon for like six weeks, right? Like you're you're a British explorer back in the day, right? Like everybody has dysentery now. Like you're not having fun on the trip anymore, right? We're all no, lost the, in the Amazon, shitting ourselves and crying ourselves to sleep each night. Th- this is the Oregon Trail and <laughs> everyone's slowly falling yeah. and dying in the fucking road. Yeah, the oxen ran away. Nick has died of cholera. Yeah, it's, it's no... Yeah. I try to it's pitch it and cross the river and it sank. You can't, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Because you always fall the river you always have yes. the river you're gonna go around it it's ridiculous I, I attempted to ford the river last night at about uh like 2 a.m i started this episode <laughs> i was having like this little bout of insomnia and usually i'm guys i'm i'm very regular i'm like a small child by 9 30 like you know start getting the sleepies usually by 10 30 <laughs> i'm out 
I'm, I'm, I'm either an old man or a small child. I, I was up watching it, put this thing on. I was out within 25 minutes. Like this, this is what yeah. did it. It rocked me to sleep. Yeah. Um, so this is, this was a little bit of a boring episode for me. Again, like I, I went through, watched it and went back all that kind of stuff. I think there are things that this one, again, just does better than 2020 does. Um, Trash Can Man, like you're first off my list of like, this is just better. Um, I think the scale of things is a little bit better, uh, which is super surprising to say like the 90s got the scale of uh, of this whole thing right better than the 2020 version right. with like That's quadruple fair. the budget. Yeah. Um, so still things to look for, but I, I got to be honest, I thought episode two was pretty bad, uh, bad. for the majority of it. Uh, looking yeah. at Larry, I'm looking at Fran. Um, I mean, those two are just the pits. Nadine, too. We'll throw her. We'll throw in there, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, there is yes. some bad takes, some bad delivery, some bad acting. Um and again, that's like a feature of the time and what it is. But like, also, I mean, we just shit on this other show for for eight or nine weeks. Then we jumped into this. So like, I'm gonna be honest. Like, it just it wasn't that. It didn't do it for me. No, it's not good. It's okay. Let it yeah. out. I this feel bad though. It's, it's like it feels bad. There's part of me that feels like a little bit dirty. Because last week I was all like, oh, okay, all right, we're headed in Damn, a good direction. No, and like this week was kind of like. Oh, this this was a slog. Like I had to redirect my attention multiple times. It, it's yes. tough. This one was tough. Matt, what'd you think? Yeah, so I wrote down five words for my, what did you think of this? It was a uh, big step back, mm-hmm. boring, mm. and then Stu exclamation point. Oh, I, I, oh. I, I, I still okay. like Stu. I like Sinise. Yeah, Sinise is good. But, I mean, you guys know, it's it just, this is boring. It was so, so boring. boring. I couldn't believe that, like, nothing of substance remotely happened. And, look, I, I'm not going to go defend the 2020 miniseries. I'm, I'm not going to, I will do it. I won't defend it. But then muddling around the timeline at least drove some, like, I guess, conflict and interesting things happening through, like, the slog that would be the middle part of the journey. Because right here, like, not no, a bad point. I mean, nothing happened except, like, Feral Joe lunged at Larry with a knife. Like, that was it. Yeah. Was that the pinnacle of the action of the entire episode? Like, what, the Ju- Julie didn't get you? The 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 shooting out of the, oh, the captain I, I, out of the window? Uh, Dad didn't do the it shoe? for you? Her throwing the shoe and then running away on another, like, on one high heel was hilarious. Like, there was a lot of funny moments in this. Again, mostly unintentionally funny, I think. But for the most part, it was just boring, like, underlying exclamation point. I was so bored. I didn't find this one. See, I didn't find this fun. And I thought last episode had moments of like, oh, hey, it's Kathy Bates. And oh, look, this is kind of like a cool moment. At this time, I was just, I was bored the entire way through. They played dead Kareem for for a minute. For a minute there, though. I was dead focused (laughs) on his poor body laying there clutching that bell still and everything. I was deadlocked on him on the screen. I actually don't, I'm not entirely sure what they talked about the the, the whole thing because I was staring at dead Kareem. Yeah, you're staring at dead cream with the bell still in the air with his like school project poster sitting next to him. Like, yeah, that's where your focus should be. Yeah. I mean, should we should we start there? Should we start with that? Like Nadine rewrite here? Um, Yeah. At at the like, I feel like that's that's a good enough place to to jump in here. Um, Yeah. I get the change. I hate the way that Nadine plays as, uh, you know, again, this this faux Heather Graham replacement. Jeez, I can't even remember the name. That's what this is. This show is Rita. Rita. Yeah, it's bored holes in my brain. I trust you so much. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I trust you. Um, So, yeah, this I didn't I didn't like the initial reaction. Uh, The wig that they have on Nadine is. It's really bad. And I know it's only going to get worse. I've seen I've seen a picture, a still of her when the hair goes all white and it's not better. But this <laughs> this one was this one was pretty rough. And again, it's somebody who I enjoy, who I've seen in other stuff and like, uh, again, actively enjoyed. I mean, um, gosh, I mean, we've seen her in plenty of shit. From she's in just shoot me I just shoot me right is a big one yeah 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 that's the, the the number one but i mean like again she had that big run in the in the 80s and 90s of of starring and stuff so i i've got the affinity there but like no chemistry between her and larry i don't buy any of the romance scenes this initial meeting thing where she she plays that rita role is is weird again you only got four episodes i get writing rita out not mad about that no, I, I, that makes sense to me. It's yeah. a ton of sense. I mean, again, I, I kind of wish that they had taken that thread in the 2020 version and played with it, but um, every single one of their interactions is bad. The restaurant that they go to afterwards? It's my, it's, dude, I, I died. It's, 
Oh, like, what was it? What stood out to you the most? I, that's I'm really interested because like that is a scene where there's like so many moments that were just like bad stacked on top of each other. I I, I don't want to gloss over the, the initial bench meeting when Larry does that lean in and smells Nadine <laughs> oh, and, as a good oh. perfume. I'd be like, if Nadine's got that gun, yeah, she's like, she's, no, yes, like yeah, I'm going to go hang out with me. dead Kareem. Like you got to get the fuck away from me. You creep. It's so weird. We can jump right back into the, because the, 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 the restaurant <laughs> seems ridiculous too, but I just had to mention that the, him smelling the perfume. I was like, this guy's nuts. It's a really good point, Matt. That's a really good oh. point. Cause that was creep city, but there's multiple moments like that. Julie does that yeah. to, to uh, Nick later in the episode where she sniffs him. Again, there's just some really problematic <laughs> things from the '90s that, is it, that is like it's the '90s thing. People smelling people. I guess. I guess. People. I think it's just blatant <laughs> sexual harassment, right? It's just like not respecting personal boundaries and be like, "Come here, I'm gonna fucking sniff you." Yeah, <laughs> no saying this. Come here, let me smell you. The the lunch scene though. Uh, him wearing the chef hat, amazing. Again, I thought, how just... do you want your steak done? It immediately comes out. Like, immediately comes out. <laughs> There's some funny, really, like, hilarious pacing things in this that I can't wait to talk about. This was, like, the number – this is the first time that I saw it happen. So, like, how do you want your steak done? And then, boom, he's out. It's already played. Then I hope – why the fuck did you ask? It was already done. It was already done. There's no changing it. He walks out with the food. They hear a gunshot, and they're no longer hungry. It's like – Oh, I've, I've lost my appetite. It's like, I don't know. You're kind of like in like an apocalypse end of the world scenario. Like eating food might be kind of important. And I don't know if you're just going to bypass a meal because you heard a fucking gunshot. Like you got to eat. Also, also, maybe move away from the giant window, right? Like if you hear the gunshot, maybe move away from the big window so the men don't see you. The men with the guns and the bullets. Oh, we're going to sit on it in public benches. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? No, that was a good looking steak too. Like I'm definitely eating that steak. Like, who knows how long steak's going to last? Like all the couches are dead. Like this might be your last opportunity to enjoy this. You eat that steak and potatoes. Like definitely. Um, I don't care wh wh what's happening outside. Uh, yeah, it's uh, bananas bad. But I, I do like them rolling Rita and Nadine. I, I did want to get that out there. I think the idea of rolling Rita and Nadine together is a good choice. Um, just not executed well. Just not executed mm -hmm. well. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think also with the lunch scene that confused me, and I think it was the lunch scene, is that's where you get the, her little like vision. I think of flag. Correct. Yeah, that's well, one now, of that the, the, one of two of them. Okay, I think it's the second one though, where you see him as like a, a demon. Like Charity knows that he looks like a monster. It doesn't even make sense to me. Mm, yeah, not like, really. The whole thing was that this like veil that kind of gets pulled off in the in like this horrifying moment that she experiences, not like. She already knows this dude's like a weird looking demon guy. Why am I excited to see him? I have no idea. And I'm assuming like they're going to have her bypass Boulder and go right to Las Vegas. Is that, is that my understanding? She up with Harold, right? Uh, I, so much. That's I think she would part have of it. to. Yeah, I, I don't know. It really is confusing the way they split them up. And I guess they'll meet up again later. Um, it's a yeah. weird choice. I think there she has to end up in Boulder. Um, but we'll see. I guess I don't know because then, like, they didn't like the other way to do it was have her meet Joe and then have her like kind of yeah, like okay, true. they find yeah. their way back to Boulder and she's like, look, I panicked, right? At, and then like, we have that moment. Um, that's honestly how I thought this was gonna roll, but uh, apparently not. Dude, there's only th there's only what three hours left too. Uh, well, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I think two, two hour twenties, right, or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know how they're gonna quick wrap this up. I really don't. No, they're, they're gonna have to rush they're gonna have to just throw shit together and be like all right we're, we're here now like it's weird they're not really in boulder like is Stu, Stu's not in boulder yet is he no, no no they just got to i mean what they just get to hemingford home at the end of the episode right or was that the start of the next it's very confusing for me because i know it, youtube it bleeds over and there's like two <laughs> scenes in hemingford home back to back and i saw myself like i don't know what episode i'm on so i just kind of like stopped it around <laughs> The the point I thought that it would end with this with this Heming so I assume that we'd have like so she gets to Boulder they get to Boulder they they put her Matt this is like your best favorite that moment. was the end fuck yes they fuck. Throw I her ended on... like ten minutes early then or something like that because they were still <laughs> oh, in yeah, yeah. home okay you oh, missed very little oh good because yeah. again nothing it doesn't really feel like anything of consequence happens in this entire episode no there's just that oh yeah, the dreams brought you here great yep i mean like you're already in nebraska obviously the fucking dreams brought you there how else did you get there did you, all three of you just decide to go to the same place if it wasn't the dream i don't understand the question 
there's a lot of that dialogue in this where it's just kind of like, ah, okay, okay, I get it. We're, we're just detailing stuff from the show, but it feels like this was made by, like, soap opera showrunners a little bit, right? Like, to have these moments of, like, high drama, to have these weird conversations, and, like, to they're overly acted and overly emoted and stuff like that. And, it's, again, it's 90s TV, right? Like it's, it's a feature of the time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how – I don't – again, if we can beat this thing up for – the terrible 90s-ness of it right but, yeah. but again the, the issues that i have are like the the characters just aren't good larry and nadine at the lincoln tunnel is like legit funny mm-hmm. it's that bad mm-hmm. oh, i know larry he like slips into this like weird new york accent all of a sudden <laughs> he's like hey you know nadine go take the george washington yeah, go take a walk. Like, yeah it was like what is this what what happened and first off what is he wearing and why the Where vest did he get his six the shooter? vest he but like just like you're going for survival. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You wear a shirt. You got to wear a shirt, sir. There's like a, there's, I mean, there's disease all around. You already identified that these bodies were going to rot. So like, there's going to be a problem there. And you're just like, fuck the shirt. It's ju- It's hot. It's hot in New York City. I'm done with no shirts. Matt, that was one of your takes though. What take? Everyone's wow. got to pop their shirt off? Everyone's popping their shirt off. <laughs> every every t- Did you notice, Corey, that every time that the men had a dream sequence to visit Mother Abigail, like, none of them had a shirt on. Now, I get that it's summer and they're sleeping without shirts, but, like, Rob Lowe had a shirt off. Sinise had a shirt off. Larry, I don't know this guy's name, had a shirt off. I'm sure everybody who goes there, like, they walk up to Hemingford home, they got to pop their shirts off. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah, fucking weird. Do you think that's Mother Abigail? She's just, like, just dreaming that thing, like, back in Hemingford home. She's just, I mean, she's 106. She's just, like, no shirts. <laughs> No shirts. Yeah, 100%. Now, Ralph, Ralph can keep his shirt, but all the but Gary, <laughs> Gary, you lose that shirt, right? You gotta see, the, gotta see the body cut by that shrimp boat, Lieutenant Dan. Oh my god, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Okay, anything else with the like? Do you have any other issues with the Lincoln Tunnel scene? I have issues with everything. I mean, of course, the delivery of like that. I've got tile in my face. The way that he kneels down and kisses the ground, like when he gets on oh, the I other side, feels so silly. Um, all, all of the scenes between the two of them, even like the, the making out in the tent scene is, is really bad. Uh, it's, it's like no chemistry, bad delivery. Um, I, I don't know why we picked these takes specifically, right? Like, again, if these were the ones that made it in, I think it would be hilarious to see the ones that they didn't use, right? Unless this is like back in the day and they're like, we shoot this one time. One time. Film is expensive. Film is expensive. You get this shit right. We're only doing it once. The the note that Nadine leaves Larry is fucking funny. (laughs) I have a screenshot of it. By the time you read this, I'll be gone. If I stay, we'll end up sleeping together and I can't have that. I have my reasons. <laughs> Thanks for being there. <laughs> See you again. Uh, much love, Nadine. And on the back, at the written at the much bottom, love. you were right about the dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's it's just terrible. Uh, that's I my, love that's my favorite thing. Can you just read that at the start of every episode from now on for like <laughs> our other two episodes? I just need that to set the tone for me because much love, Nadine. <laughs> I can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have that. Yeah, not not good so far. So that, we that's pretty much Larry Nadine this whole episode. We, I think the the tent scene is the last one. That's where she gets the second vision where she sees flag. Right, um, and yeah. he's shirtless. So so we get that. So we get that. All right, he gets to be shirtless in his dreams. All the other dudes are shirtless in the other ones. I get it. You know, look, it's it's ABC. I don't know when this broadcast. I'm assuming summer, summertime, it's fall time, fall time. Yeah, anyway, probably. it's fall time, right? Beach season's over. You got, you got to get the guys to pop those tarps off. All right, you got to get the, you got to get everybody into it. It's, it's network TV. You got limited options. You can't flash Skarsgård's ass up there. So you know, I need to pop those shirts off. Now I'm very glad we didn't get Harold's shirt pulled off. And let's, that's my transition. Into, we let's almost, talk about saying, we almost had his ass though. We almost had <laughs> yeah, his yeah, ass. We really Matt, did. do you have anything else with Larry Nadine before we transition out? I, I guess my big thing was I was really asking for that Lincoln Tunnel scene in the in the 2020 version. I was like, man, they really blew an opportunity at the Lincoln Tunnel. And then I saw this, I was like, eh, they, they, no, they 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 missed nothing because this was not this was not. Wait, little again, it's, it's like an execution problem because I think the the bones are there, right? The bones, yeah. the bones of menace are there. Like this uh, this flag is more menacing than our 2020 flag. I'll say that right now. Like his his threatening Mother Abigail in the corn, um, mm. his stuff with Nadine, the way they change the eyes, the way they modulate the voice. Like those are things I brought up as potential, not the eyes part, but the modulating the voice to make Skarsgård scarier. And I'm glad to see that here because again, I think it works in certain moments to like mm. up that threat and anger. I think he's actually probably an improvement over somebody I didn't have a problem with. Again, mm. his his conversation with um 
with Miguel Ferrer, right? When he's in there. And I called him Michael last episode. I totally fucked up. I'm sorry, Miguel Ferrer. You, you deserve Is that better Lloyd? than that. Yeah, it's Lloyd. Um, so again, not to like, jump around too much or whatever, but like, I actually, I liked that too. So again, not to be totally contrarian or a piece of shit about this, this episode, especially cause a lot of our fans really like this one and I feel bad shitting on it. And it's like, <laughs> it's not you guys, it's us. We're just jaded and tired and no, this wasn't a very good episode. So that's partly on you. No. But no, I, I'll stick with Corey's point about flag. I actually do like this flag. Uh, yeah. Better. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He, I think he's better. Like. He and he's got that gleam in his eye, that weird, chaotic, like insane, gonna have some fun with this evil. That he's I really happy enjoy. Joy. There's joy yeah. about what he's doing, and I think that's a big thing that's missing from our new one. There's no, he's not having fun with this. T- totally, that's agree. Actually a good point. Um, his and hair, the, though, dude, I can't. Well, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend that's, the hair. Oh, oh, <laughs> See, I'm gonna defend it. Here, here's man, why. Oh. See, I, I got such strong. Mel Gibson as Riggs and Lethal Weapon vibes from this flag with that mullet and that yes. crazy like I was like yes. I'm just right back in the, into nineties Lethal Weapon when Mel Gibson was you know was fun before he went completely realized he was completely yeah well, <laughs> exactly I want to step on that but this was I guess pre that when Mel Gibson was just the, the crazy Australian um ton of fun with it so he was just going full Riggs I understand why they did it and it was a great choice I love the hair love the look um just just having a ton of fun with this flag impossible for me to agree with you more impossible it's weird like i actually think the i couldn't look look we're on flag let's just keep talking about it when he when he shows up at mother abigail's place and like screws up her hand playing the guitar that was actually like a cool scene of horror yeah, that we, mm-hmm. i, I don't really feel like we got in the 2020 version or that they forced like they forced scenes that were trying to be like grotesque and it's like sometimes subtlety is a little bit better that was a cooler horror scene than we got in 2021 Really? And there's also just a part of Flag that's like just fucking with people, right? Like, and I think yeah. that comes from like the joy thing here where there's a part of it that's like, again, like she's not hurt long term. It, it's almost like a, it's a prank. It's just to be menacing. It's just to be an yeah. asshole. And like, again, yeah. I, I like that about this. It, it certainly makes him more threatening when he shows up on the f- telephone pole last episode, right? It just had that moment of like, he's everywhere. He's part of this. In this, he just had like a, uh, he, he references the Rolling Stones, right? Like, yeah. don't you know my name, right? Please meet you mm-hmm. yeah so good so again i it's there he has that wink and that nod and that smile about this that it again makes him makes him better i mean him and lloyd are, are a serious upgrade i think let, let's transition let's talk franny and harold uh <laughs> harold's unwatchable he is super bad so bad and i know we've brought up the assless chaps i i don't know how we can't not talk about it uh, That's all I want to talk about. His, yeah, his studded jacket and those fucking assless chaps. So let's do it. Let's do it. Where did he find those? In in Maine, I'm assuming, right? Like yeah, they, they, they came down like right outside of New York City, found like a leather bar, and he just like went in there and stripped it off. Like, you know, oh, you think he got off a dead body? I mean, look, or like a mannequin off like a, in a store. I, I don't know because one, it feels that feels like a custom job, right? It doesn't feel like you can just walk in and buy that off, well. off the rack. <laughs> It All right. Well. It fits him really well. You got some real, some nice stud action on that jacket. I mean, wow, wow, just all over. Really nice. And then, and then those chaps. And then those zipper ch- <laughs> zipper chaps. I can't believe how heavily they featured when he's thrown up in those bushes just to do that tight shot on them. Where they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this was a third. If the if the corn cost eighty thousand dollars, I want to know how much those fucking chaps cost. Had to be so hot. He had jeans underneath that, which I guess I, I guess if you're riding a motorcycle, you shouldn't have that type of gear on. Except that there, I don't think Franny was even wearing a helmet. Was she wearing a helmet? She was wearing a beret. She was yes. wearing okay. a felt yes. beret. What is this? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. There's some. There's some very funny choices uh, with stuff like that. But then again, there's really common sense choices to have like Stu look at Harold and tell him like, I'm not encroaching. Like, I'm not here to like steal Fran from you. Like, I thought that was a good moment because again, it sets up like you're loading the Chekhov's gun for his later, like disappointment and anger. So again, like little moments like that, but then like, no, let's throw those chaps out there. Let's see what that's like. See what that does. Let's put some Pepto-Bismol in an iodine bottle and chug that down his throat. Right. Just some like weird. Oh, okay. He's traveling with Franny. See, that's why I don't get it. So, like, Nick, if me and you are traveling together for whatever odd reason, and you come walking out wearing the all of the leather and the chaps, like, you, you can't do that. Like, I'm, I'm traveling with you. I have to look at you <laughs> in that shit. Yeah. You got to go get changed, or I'm going the other direction. Like, she should be like, Harold, you, you can't. 
yeah, I, I can't take you seriously in Ansel's chaps. You have to change. Like she was wearing a skirt and a beret. He was wearing full leather Ansel's. Oh, chaps. so maybe it was like like a, a thing over like, all right, you can wear what you want, but I'm gonna wear what I want type <laughs> shit. Like I'm gonna wear insane stuff too. Like yeah, like a skirt on a motorcycle. It's ridiculous. I um I think it's very funny. And also to take to take up this this plot thread, Matt is also like, can you imagine introducing yourself to somebody else looking like a village person like that? Yeah, I right. Like, does each person have to inhabit one of the characters now? <laughs> does Stu have to dress up like a construction worker as they travel across the nation now? Because I like it. I like it. No, you're you're totally right, Corey. Because like it should be it should be Stu and Glenn being like, look, guy, you're the one wearing the, the all of like the leather assless chaps. We're yeah. gonna be the ones questioning whether or not. You are good enough to travel with us, not the other way yeah, around. Yeah, not the like, other this way is around. insane. Also, you ask no questions. This this herald is really coming off as a dum dum, too. Yeah, I, do, I don't yes. like that. Yeah. Um, again, like I don't know why you're qualified to know. Like again, it's just kind of like he's his petulance is outweighing any kind of like intelligence or redeeming qualities that he's supposed to have to make him a little bit threatening. Um, I don't know, Franny. Should we trust this guy just because he wants to shake our hand? I was like, yeah, because he has manners. Oh, and Corey, did you notice that, like, and this was, I actually thought they had a green screen behind him in that scene. Because, like, I, I get the, the 90s TV, did they just always keep the, like, the field of view all on, like, one stage? Like, the actor in the background are all, like, they're not, there's no bokeh effect where, like, you get the, the you're only there's the no focus depth. on, like, the, the, right, like, the, the right. actor. Like, there's... the whole thing is in focus. Yeah, there's no depth of view. It's so tough to see. It, like so you're looking at this i honestly thought they had a green screen behind them at one point i was like i don't or this everything's just in focus it looks terrible yeah and i mean some of them are like painted backgrounds and stuff like when you get to hemingford home like the uh the, the sky and everything like that's a, sta- a sound stage um i don't know if that scene where larry is outside of what are they des moines right and like des moines burning oh, in the des background yeah, it's des moines. um like i don't know if that was green screen or paint or like how they did that but that was like another one that had that juxtaposition right but again like you're, you're limited by the technology of the day too so like ooh, that one's tough yeah i mean like the des moines stuff was, that was like the fakest thing i've ever seen that was crazy but um, i, I but... do still do like that they kept the, the, scale, the explosion though? scene is that what you're talking about yeah uh, so it's well, the, the explosion it's the burning in the background right Right. Oh, okay. okay. It's where he meets where he meets what Swan, Lucy, Swan, right? Lucy, yeah, yeah, Lucy, and Joe. Lucy, and uh, and they talk about how like the trash can man essentially burned down Des Moines, right? But again, mm-hmm. like at least you had the conversation. <laughs> at least you built in a moment to to build more threat into trash can man instead of having him blow up one silo and then screech in our ears for three episodes. I'll Explain to me. Oh, I'm sorry, trash can man. To me, I, I know you guys like him better. I still think it's just. I think it's just absurd. And I have such a hard time, like, watching it. It's just absurd. He is running down the train tracks to to blow up this refinery. And then he, like, looks up and it's like he sees it for the first time when, like, you've been running towards this thing for the last, I'm assuming, like, for hours. You're going to this place to go blow it up. And they act like he just stumbled upon it. It's like, I don't, I don't know. You had a bomb with you. It looked like you were going to blow this thing up. I, I, have, I just have a hard time with all of it. I think it's, I think it's absurd. It just feels it, it just feels ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with it. It's like because I don't think the stand's good anymore. I, I was think it's say, you're in the I think it's ridiculous. You're deep in the forest now. And like I'm still gonna look for the things that I enjoy to like again to salvage out of the novel that I like, but I can't imagine knowing not having that relationship and sitting through these two series and like trying to piece it together. And looking at this, like I'd, I'd hate it too. I'd honestly, I'd hate it too. This would, this would ruin it for me. It's like um, uh, a Wrinkle in Time, right? I tried to watch a Wrinkle in Time on HBO. Never read the book, anything like that. I couldn't do it. Couldn't sit through it. I had no connection to any of this. Hmm. No connection to any of the characters. And I just, like, I could not force myself to care and sit through the boring shit to get to this, like, the payoff, the stuff from the novel that mattered because I didn't have that connection. So it didn't work for me. I, I feel like this is probably that same situation, right? Where, like, hey, again, for me, this is better, right? This is just a patently better. It's still not great, but it's just better than it was. So I'm going to be more forgiving because, uh, again, it's, it's, it's a deeply problematic translation of a novel that is problematic. The more time I spend with it, the more problems I see with it. Uh, and, again, it's even with, with, with representation, with all of that kind of stuff. Not necessarily with story, but with representation. And See, I think I, think I have a problem with story. I just don't care. Well, and again, you guys have read it, so I get it. Right. But like, you, you're at no point right now mm-hmm. are people selling me to go read this book. I have no desire. 
because I'll, it's just going to be, I'm going to laugh at it the entire time I read it. I'm like, oh, here's this person. Oh, yeah. oh, first name, last name too. Introduce yourself. And learn about you. <laughs> Got to know it. Yeah. Like I again, I love that you said this is when Lucy Swan shows up. Like, why the fuck do I need to? Know? Oh, Swan. Oh, okay. It's Lucy Swan, not Lucy just Lucy. Swan. Lucy Swan. It's, 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 yeah. it's absurd. The show again. I just think the entire thing now to me just feels absurd, and I can't get past it. Um, do we have anything else about Franny and Harold other than like the weird music scene in the beginning? Uh, Fran's not good either. I mean, like Molly, bad. Molly Ringwald yes. is not doing a good job. It's bad. Um, and it's uh, it makes all those scenes really, really painful to watch uh, between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. And I actually feel bad because I pushed back against Corey last week because I didn't think she was that bad. Molly Ringwald uh, this week. She's bad. This is really bad. And maybe for whatever reason, I missed it. Um but yeah, her every scene she was in, like this is just not good. <laughs> and you know, she's a good, you know, good actress and other stuff. She yeah. just phoned it in, like this is bad. I, I don't know if it's just phoning it in or being like early in your career, right? Like you've been so pigeonholed, like this is your chance to grow out. Like I, I feel, I feel bad f- about it. Um, but again, like there, there's some bad, there's some bad performances in this. And again, like, that comes down to your director. That comes down to your casting. Oh, yeah. like, to, to me, it's one of those like. Again, I, I have a hard time blaming the worker for turning in a bad job and more uh, like, again, I turn my eyes upwards to like, OK, well, like, were they not trained right? Were they not directed right? Were they not, you know, I see, where's the problem? Yeah, I think part of this might just be she's only was on screen with Harold for the most part. And Harold's terrible. So, like, maybe she'll be a little bit better when it's her and Stu. <laughs> like, honestly, like, well, like, yeah, what, right. what chemistry are you going to get with that guy? Yeah, it's really tough you have to play. What's that song, what the song that they played? It was like <laughs> they played the a record. Song? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's, now. Hey. yeah hey, now. Which I know people want us to talk about, like, the music, but, like, it's a better use hard of time. music. I'll say yeah, there's that. better. I guess it's better, but, like, that's a cringeworthy scene to watch. I don't want, like, I'm associating that song with, like, that weirdness. I'm out. I, I also hate that out. song, so that's not, that's, that's nothing for me. <laughs> but, but, look, I mean, I feel really bad. So when I look at Molly Ringwald's career, right, like, she's in Pretty in Pink in 86, after that, there's like a TV series, a one-off movie that I've never heard of, a King Lear adaptation, um, the pickup artist with, oh my God, is that right? Yeah, that's Robert Downey Jr. Like, that's hilarious. But then like there's years where she's in TV movies and not in a lot of other stuff. Like hmm. her, her movies tanked and all of that. Like she makes a, uh, oh my God, and a short for Sling Blade um, and then 1994, she shows up in the stand. And again, it's it's like a rough career until she gets into like the 2000s, where she like makes her comeback and everything else. It's 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 a tough career. I'll, for I'll give her. her the benefit of the doubt until I see her. Like now that she's with Stu, maybe it'll be better. That's my hope. Oh, and I'm sorry. Can, can we talk about how the fuck did they end up together? How did that happen? I, I don't. How did Harold and Franny somehow meet up with Stu and and? And Glenn in this. Well, not to mention that, but like they're just driving down this weird back road. Yeah, like road a back road. And, back and just road. like, yeah, it comes uh, like across their house and they just turn down it, right? Like there's also high yes. hedges in front of the house, right? So like they've been totally forgiven for like meeting that or doubling back or anything. It's just, it's too clean. Um, I think that's the, the, the other thing about these 90s TV is that there's not the dedication to realism. It's the dedication to like TV storytelling. And I think that's where like the soap opera co- stuff comes in. Right. Like there's no authenticity. It's just like, oh, OK, well, well, like now they meet. And so they meet and there's no like we're not going to set that up cinematically. We're not going to set up like the glances that happen or, or anything else. We're just going to mash them together. And also good. this yeah, Glenn, not, this Glenn's a good. big step back too. like I get it. We, you know, we're founding, it's a, not Kinnear. we're yeah. founding a religion. <laughs> we're finding a 501c based on Greg Kinnear. All right. And his knowledge and wisdom and, and grace. <laughs> so I, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. but. um yeah, I this a lot less charm from this Glenn Bateman. Yeah, I don't like this Glenn as much either, but I still like for me that this this is I don't know if you guys recognize. Do you guys recognize this guy, the actor who who's playing Glenn? I recognize him, but I'm having problems. like I can't okay. I can't do like a list off the top of my head. Yeah, he's Boothby in Star Trek. Now that might not mean anything to you guys, but if you're like a next generation and I think you popped up in Voyager a bunch of times, he's like the caretaker hmm. at like Starfleet Academy. So like young Picard was always getting into trouble or whatever. And this guy was the guy that would kind of set him on his right path. I watch a lot of next generation, but like, so I'm like, Oh, that's, that's Picard's guy. He's like, and even then he was like this, like uh sage older man who like, you know, like pushed, you know, people in the right direction or whatever. Like had had good ideas and like was insightful. So I was like, Oh, I like this guy. Now, well, Kinnear won me over by the end. I still think Kinnear is better, but like j- just seeing him from other stuff, I was like, Oh, okay. I- I- I'm along for this ride. I want to see how this, this guy does his Glenn. 
I, I like this vein. I like this vein. Let's mine this vein. Welcome to The Last Man Standing, a podcast where 32 minutes in, we do a hard shift to be about Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, <laughs> I'm for this, and I support this. Yeah, because I'm fucking done <laughs> I cannot establish I enough. So, yeah. I'm fucking done. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm having the hardest time finding anything that, like fun to talk about with this. This episode sucked, and I, I ended up going down this like rabbit hole of looking at what the actors what else the oh, actors were in th this is a phenomenal do you want to do it nick yes my favorite thing okay. is like well yes, first please. do you want to bring up the the tom cullen thing oh uh, so, right, let's, let's save it till after we cover tom and nick then and then we can talk because uh, uh, okay. okay. this was the, this is what i wanted to talk about yeah. again i I'm, i feel really bad audience guys out there fans of this show for you this is nostalgia for me it's fucking not it's a, it's, it's, it's just not. And I have the hardest time with it. If I try to go tell people to go watch nineties Buffy, they're probably going to say it's bad. And because they have eyes and you're watching this and the action's pretty terrible and it's nineties, the storytelling is better though. So like, I will co-sign that Alex and I tried to watch Buffy, I think like a year ago or something like that, put it on. We did not make it. We season one's not. awful though. No, we I have know. to, I know, I know but, like but no, but this is my to. point though. Just jump to season two or like, I'll give you four episodes to watch in season one and then just go right. Because season Fair two enough. and three are so good. Right, Matt, we are definitely going to talk about it. Matt and I are creating all sorts of different podcasts within this podcast to avoid yes. stopping <laughs> talking about At any more. moment this turns into a Buffy podcast, I am 100% oh, in. I can't <laughs> wait to do it. Buffy, Next Generation. We got we got a, a, an interesting cartoon coming up that Nick might get really into. Uh, we'll yeah. tease that for a little bit. And, and um, coming. We do plenty of opportunities here. And, yeah. we, and we, do have, we do have an idea to how to keep the show going. I think we're going to pivot a little bit, y'all, at the end of the stand. We'll talk about that more later. But... Yeah. You know, it's organic. It's in the conversation now. I want to put it out there that we're we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing this in some form, and uh, I think we got a pretty good idea cooking. So get excited for that. We do. I, I guess to, to continue this podcast on the stand, though, we should probably talk about Mother Abigail because she actually like shows up in this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have a question. Do you want to talk about her or no? Yeah, for sure. I want to talk about her. I've, I'm going to throw it right at Corey too because uh -huh. in, in the 2020 version, Corey, you felt that Mother Abigail was like really sidelined. <laughs> well, she's in it a lot in this episode. Did you like what you got? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I should have asked what I. This is like a real monkey's paw situation here. Uh, I thought that the monologue at the start of this thing uh, was very bad. I did not like it. It felt uh, again. It felt like a play almost. I, I yeah. Again, yeah. Maybe yes, it was. It, did. The, it felt like a fucking stage in a play. Yes, it did. And I think it's part of it's the set, right? Like we we yes. we ripped on this last time with the corn and everything, which they it appears. That they found more. Keep doing it though. It fears. It, it looks it. like they found more. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, but they 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 found more in the corn budget. Corey, the first thing she does is walk out of an outhouse and talk about how them prunes went right through her. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, that doesn't Maybe endear you to her. You know, you know, not like, like a big no. fan after that. Oh, that poor mother A. It's coming it's, out them prunes. It's just a weird monologue that, again, like as far as TV goes, right? Like I, I don't expect for this like soliloquy to happen at to start off this show, and it's just it's bizarre. Um, the performance feels a little bit like, um, I mean, like you guys got that it felt like like Uncle Tom's Cabin a little bit, right? Like there, it really felt like there was some weird representational issues happening in this moment and again i i we're not even talking about like how the goofy the makeup looked right like she's got that like aged whoopee thing going the entire time she's on the screen though um but like there also feels like there's something problematic in the representation here that it's like a lot of stereotype and a lot of um and again, I, that, that's a problem in the book too, right? Again, we've ripped on this. Yeah, I think representation that's what it seems like, right? And everything throughout all of this, uh, and right. I'll keep beating that drum. But like, one, it looks hilarious. Two, it starts <laughs> off with poop, and then three, it's full of stereotypes, and it just felt like it was tripping all over itself by dedicating this much uninterrupted screen time. Yeah, let's have her. Let's have her start a monologue coming out of an outhouse. Right. In the middle of a fucking cornfield. Talking about her dumps. It's good. It's beautiful. Good. Yeah. Perfect transition. Let's talk about her. She's great. She's a ton of fun. I'm so glad that we had five uninterrupted minutes of her talking about God 
and her fucking house and corn. Did you time it? The how was it? Was it really? Dude, I think close it's like five minutes. I, I look. I don't know. I was staring at my phone for a good half of it because I was <laughs> just freaking out about it. it. Felt it felt long. It felt long. It, it Everything just, felt long. It this. didn't. That scene didn't play to me. But like putting her against flag though, and the rats in the corn and all that kind of stuff, that played. That played. I yes. could I could deal with that like a little back and forth, but the the soliloquy was a bit much for me. Yeah, often like if they want to show stuff, if they, if they want to establish a character like now on TV and like a kind of showing someone's daily routine, they show the routine. Right. They just show them cooking. They monologue. show them I don't have and they do quick splits right. of like Montage. here's a shot of them doing this, here's a shot of them doing this. All right, that's their daily routine. Now, ugh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. I'm sorry, <laughs> guys. I can't. I'm so. I, I, again, I keep. I'll just keep coming to this point. I'm. I'm very much done. Like it just said. You got. You got three more hours of. Dude, this, I man. know. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm aware. You tuck in. No, it's more than three because we double watch it. Matt, anything else here with uh, Mother Abigail? No, that's it. I, the only other comment I have was <laughs> that woman is 106, and she sure looks and act like she's 106. <laughs> very good. That, that's an old lady. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that's an old lady. Uh, yeah, do we, I think we look, we talked about Stu. We kind of, do we want to talk about Stu anymore? I do love his entrance behind Glenn. I burst out laughing. Oh, that I was hilarious. so funny. That was the other moment. That was the one I alluded to earlier. And like the people just popping up and like yes, oh, with Larry great. out of the kitchen. That one, again, he has a, <laughs> that smile on his face. It's yes, totally it's alone. So and then he steps into frame. How did it's you get so that good. close? How did you get that close? Oh my god, I texted Matt immediately. I was like, dude, this is my favorite part, I think. It's That's... just Stu just grinning his way in. It's amazing. Yeah, that was <laughs> such that a was funny my... thing. Shout out to Joy if Joy is still listening. That was absolutely my moment of joy. It was Incredible. that Gary Sinise. <laughs> and then he does it again when Harold comes stumbling out of like the Stovington uh, like CDC center and he's puking his guts out. And then he gets up and turns and, and Stu's just right there in his face. It's just like sidles on up right behind hey, him silently. Buddy. It's funny, man. It's good. It's great. Him sneaking up behind people. That's that just a, keep that bit going. Cause it's funny. Yeah. I can, I can deal with great. that for, for every episode, please. Yeah, I, please. No, it's funny. I think the, the, the introductions for like Glenn and the trash can man, both use the same thing. I'm saying, baby, can you dig your man? I'm yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think again, uh, I'll even take it right. Trying to world build like okay, a popular yeah, song before things, you know, before things went down. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it uh, again. There's more thought put into the pacing, into the layout of this than there was our new one, or at least more thought into editing, right? Like how the story actually flows together on screen. There's some bad Great. choices, and I think they're born of. <laughs> Uh, again, where television was in the 90s, where technology yes. was in the 90s, where casting decisions were made, right? Like, there's there's no getting away from those, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, do you want do you want to talk about the other other shows that these people were in so we can so we can get oh, well away we from have this? to get we, first we have to talk about Tom so we have to go to let's go we got to go to Nick and Tom now let's just go into it yeah okay. then we can do it. Um, Matt you had a couple things for for this what, what, what do you want to where do you want to start with this. Well, I didn't know where I want to start. I mean, I was kind of getting some like goofy leftover vibes with all the mannequins like in the street, like with like yeah. the I thought yeah, that like, was a big reveal of left. That I yeah, liked. no, I didn't say it was bad. It was just it was interesting. I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, I love leftovers. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, I I, I okay, Tom. <laughs> mm, Tom. Do you recognize that guy? Yes, uh, I'm trying to. Boy, think. Where do you recognize him from? He also played a like somebody. Oh God, uh, no, I don't. I don't. I know him. Should I just do it? it no, no, no. Myself. Okay, hold on, hold on. So <laughs> he, he's the actor is Bill Fagerbach. He's in Coach, the the, the Craig T. Nelson show. Right, like, that's okay. where I recognize him. He's from Coach. Sure, sure. Never really got didn't super into Coach of, again. Yeah, bad, didn't watch bad 90s coach. television. But I I recognize the guy immediately. Like, oh, that's a guy from Coach. Okay. Now, did you recognize his voice? It's funny. I asked Nick this. Nick did his voice and then said, holy shit, is that? And it, God, Nick, do it. Oh, uh, uh, hey, SpongeBob. Uh, how you doing, Sponge? Get out of here. <laughs> That's Patrick. That's Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 I don't know, SpongeBob. I was like, I literally said his voice and Matt was like, you're doing it. I was like, holy shit, it's Patrick Star. <laughs> oh, my God. God. And then we went wow. down this other rabbit hole. Yeah, we're going to spend 20 things. minutes. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so this is the now the topic of conversation. Corey, do you remember the TV cartoon Gargoyles? Yes. Dude, so many actors are in this thing. And From he's Gargoyles? a voice in it. Yes. So, Laura San Giacomo. Is that her, is her name? Laura San Giacomo, right? I think that's about right, yeah. That's yeah, Nadine. Sure. She's in it. Okay. Okay, he's in it. And then you have literally everyone ever from Star Trek. It's absurd. 
it's Jonathan Frakes is in it. LeVar Burton's in it. Brent Spiner is in it. Michael Dorn is in it. Uh, Marina Sirtis is in it. And then you have guys like Tim Curry and you have Biff. It's amazing. Really? It's like my favorite thing that I found this entire thing was just finding out all of these different actors that are in the Gargoyles 90s TV show. <laughs> Which Matt might be, we should, maybe we should just do gargoyles instead. I didn't yeah, it, it really did feel like, like, what are we doing here? Why are we spending so much time talking about '90s cartoons and then Patrick? Like, it, it was, it's, it's funny how we got to that, but like, yeah, once you hear, because like, now, now every time like I'm listening to Nick and Tom talk, it just, it's Nick and Patrick. Like, it's yeah. just Patrick following around. Like, you know, I guess it sounds SpongeBob, but it, it, it kills me every time I listen to it because, like, that's a proto SpongeBob voice or proto Patrick voice. Yeah, just that's Patrick. crazy. I well, one, it's just blowing my mind that like I don't remember Gargoyles having enough characters to even support that cast. Dude, so, that's like, insane. That, that's blowing my mind like first off. But the, the the whole situation, I mean, like, I also know him from something. I'm going to scroll this IMDb page because there's also something else I know. But the problem with actually going through, right, Patrick or, or uh, Bill <laughs> Fagerbach's IMDb page, it's Patrick's a million fine. miles long because of SpongeBob. He's done that voice <laughs> in every, like, there could have been a commercial where SpongeBob shows up for five seconds and this guy did the voice for it. It's, it's fairly incredible. Uh, I, I've got respect for it. I've got respect for it. So there's that. But ton, I don't know how I can keep watching the show work. and not just hear that now. Like that's all I'm going to hear is Patrick. Nick, Nick and Patrick's adventures. It makes to, it through... total sense to me. Total <laughs> sense. Insane. I really, there's wrong with I that. really get it. Uh, the, sorry. I know that was a weird transition and people probably didn't care much for it, but that's okay. Uh, Did it for me. The, keep going with the Nick and Tom stuff though. The uh... Matt, you had a question about Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe cannot play oh, a deaf guy. I'll say that. I right want to do it. He cannot play a deaf guy. He's <laughs> no. like looking at people when they talk and like doing all sorts of weird shit. Like there's all sorts of that that's written in poorly. Like he that that has not gone well. I want to stamp that right from the rip. Okay, so that's a, that's a perfect transition to my question, Corey. And like it, honestly, it it almost hurts me to even say this, but I feel like I had to bring it up. Is Rob Lowe good in this or period? No, no, period, <laughs> period. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Wait, name wait, name wait. your top your top five Rob Lowe roles. Okay. See, this isn't fair. See, exactly. It's, this isn't fair. It's just one role that he has an uh, that I have an no. emotional connection to that makes him Correct. good in other stuff. I is it Chris Traeger? It's of is course that... it's Chris Traeger. Okay. Yes. And I love uh, yes. Chris Traeger. He's in or three, three and a half seasons of of a, 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 a truly beloved sitcom. I I love Parks and Rec. Right. But like. I, for some weird, and look, this got into another weird rabbit hole where I was saying, who's more famous, Rob Lowe or Liam Neeson? Uh, now, probably, oh, no, 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 no. There would have been, there would have been a point five years ago where I would have told you Liam Neeson, right when like Taken was having its renaissance in its three movies. But now it's Rob Lowe again because he's on, yeah, some okay. fire, fire knockoff. So yeah, again, small inflection point, but Rob Lowe previously, then a little Liam Neeson beats him out for like two years, but now it's Rob Lowe again. Now, see, Nick came down really hard on me for even for even mentioning Rob Lowe and Liam Neeson in the same sentence. He's like, that's completely disrespectful to Oscar Schindler, to the dude from Taken, to Qui-Gon yeah. Jinn. I mean, look, I, I, Rob I do Lowe love Lowe is a TV actor. I think he's a huge star, and I don't quite know why wow. because Corey Corey name his five biggest roles like I uh so I mean like it, a lot of it comes from the 80s right because like don't forget he's also stand by me he's like key in that and everything else so like yeah, outsiders yeah and yeah he's in the oh, outsiders outsiders, he's outsiders. So that's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to think he's of. in the outsiders um, but, but yeah. like so again I think that he's kind of got you see Rob Lowe grow up on screen where Liam Neeson like you get Neeson yeah. Neeson as an adult so like I think there's there's also this like emotional connection where Rob Lowe has been in a movie that you have a connection to probably at nearly every single point in your life. No, you're totally right, but I think his I, I was I was really I was going deep into Rob Lowe shit. Like his biggest okay, so he's in he's in Parks and Rec and he's in the West Wing. Now those are two mm -hmm. big TV two big TV parts. St. Elmo's Fire, The Outsiders, Wayne's World. Don't forget he's also the bad guy in Black Sheep. Wait, is it Black Sheep? Ta it's or is Tommy, it Boy. Tommy Boy. Okay, so but, he's in Tommy but Boy. But he's but like that—that's a thing. He's like the—he's the bad guy in Tommy Boy, and that's a big part. Because for some weird reason, I, I think of like especially—it's same thing with like Stamos too. It's like these really good-looking TV actors where I just for whatever reason I think that they're like maybe incredibly famous to the point where it just doesn't actually like it doesn't show up on their their IMDb page. Let's put it that way. Like I I couldn't believe I saw another one of his big roles was he was like like one of the the people in Contact. And I was like. 
Rob Lowe's like the 15th leading. There's no way that can be his big thing. No, no. And again, he's got some, like, he's kind of all over the place. But I, I found the role that will change Nick's mind, that will bring him into the fold of loving and cherishing Rob Lowe, maybe, maybe to a lesser degree from Greg Kinnear. Um, Nick, Rob Lowe has a, has a guest spot in one of your favorite movies of all time that I have, that I did not, I, we didn't <laughs> know about. We didn't clock this. Nick, he's in the Knight Before Christmas. Rob Lowe has a guest spot role in it. the Night Before Christmas. I didn't know this. He plays he plays Derek. He plays Derek no. in the 2019 Vanessa no, 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 Hudgens no, 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 no. You're missing the Night Before Christmas. No, you're screwing this up. See, you've forgotten, Core. You've forgotten your roots. He shows up in that in Holiday in the Wild on the TV show that they're watching. Oh, that's what it so is. He's oh, he's in a bad rom com movie. Damn it! Fuck out of here. That's in the movie. Ah, uh, you're right. You're Liam right. Neeson is. Raz al Ghul. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, I, I look, I agree. <laughs> I'm not saying who's better. I'm not saying better. The question was bigger. The question yeah, it, was it, better. It's bigger. When is great, TV much it's bigger? More than famous. It, more yeah, famous. Okay, and Liam Neeson is now in garbage movies where he's like fucking federal air marshals and shit. All right? Well, Rob Lowe anchors a giant. He's Giant in Widows, weekly drama. which is a big movie. He's in Silence, which is a big movie. He's in The Gray, which was popular. Clash of the Titans, the blockbuster. The Gray, which was popular. What are we doing? Go ahead and say that again and try not to give No, The Gray it. was I good. Shut up, Corey. The Gray's a good no, movie. Get, get the hell out of here. That man fought <laughs> off like a pack. I mean, spoiler, he, he definitely gets eaten by that pack of wolves. But he goes out like a champ, man. Uh, no, I love Liam Neeson. It was just a weird thing to bring up because I, I found this weird YouGov poll that like, <laughs> Rob Lowe is the 68th most famous actor and Liam Neeson was like a hundred. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. But it's, it's, I don't know. The whole Rob Lowe, like for some weird reason, I thought he was just in a lot more and like bigger movies and TV shows than he actually was. And it just, it kind of seems like it comes down to like a couple of bad eighties, but like popular movies. Um, and then like two, two very good um, starring or, or at least supporting cast roles in, in television shows in the West Wing. And is the, is Dark Man good? Is that is that a thing that we should be watching? Dark, Dark oh yeah, that, Dark, Man 90s, was, right? Dark Man was good back in the day. Yeah, the, the the sequels are terrible, but the first one's actually pretty good. Again, special effects, you're gonna be rolling your eyes and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say it's pretty good. But look, again, everybody's got these weird bumps in their career. I think the thing that keeps people coming back to Rob Lowe is that he doesn't age, and he's consistently worked since the '80s. I mean, like he he gets he gets starring roles, he gets put into shit all the time. And again, it might not be good. You got your holidays in the wild and stuff like that. But like, you're damn right. You also, <laughs> you're trying to tell me Honest Thief, Cold Pursuit, The Commuter. Like, you're trying to tell me the, the Marksman. Those are giant Liam Neeson like fan favorite love letters. Come on. What's Liam okay, Neeson? Is the Christmas shoes? That's a good one. Coming at Rob Lowe, the Christmas shoes. Yeah, like, they're, they're everybody needs moves. shoes on Christmas. Pick it everybody needs yeah, shoes I, on Christmas. No, you right? think it's socks. I feel like socks are a bigger gift. <laughs> no, I like, Either know, way, uh, people will probably zone this episode out, right? They've had them stop listening. <laughs> yeah, now. I would imagine. I would imagine. Um, but, you know, again, fun for us. We got to do something to stay in it because this one, this one challenged me. Challenged me. However, now coming back to it, okay, we had Julie throwing her shoe. Oh man, and that was a sincerely amazing scene. Hilarious, hilarious. Her leaning out oh. the window with that with that cap gun. The guns in this are hilarious too. Like the, the, the sparks that fly out when Larry fires that gun <laughs> in the tunnel. Hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> He's got a six shooter and a belt. What, what is what is happening? He looks like he's like Woody from He's Toy gonna Story. shoot his dick Sheriff. off. He's gonna shoot his dick off. Do we talk about Lloyd in the prison? Do we do we want to talk about Lloyd? Uh, I like Lloyd. Yeah, I like Lloyd. I mean, it right, was better. Not great, but better. No, because you guys mentioned the flag stuff with the yeah, menace there. So I'll, I'll look, if we're going to talk another Lloyd scene, it's really another Trash Can Man scene, which is when Trash Can, when trash can Man shows up at the casino and those dudes are all just sitting at the table like in suits, drinking. I was like, what is this? What is happening? Why are people still wearing shirts and ties in the, in the apocalypse? You went deep in, you went into episode three. I think you went into episode No, I didn't. Three. I'm telling you, this is episode, this is the end of episode two. Oh, you didn't watch this. That's why. I must, yeah, I must have missed this. Because you and I had a conversation early on, and again, this is a little inside baseball, about like where, the, where we thought these episodes ended. <laughs> so I went, I think it, I went for it. It was like 237 or something like that. And it was like right around the cornfield scene. And so I was like, oh, okay, all right. Like it, it, it felt like it bled into another no, completely the unrelated corn cornfield scene and so i was like this must be it this must be it it's way too much corn to have back to back 
Oh, this is great. So you have an additional 20 minutes still to watch. Oh, yeah. this is wonderful. I so hate have... this. This is bad. <laughs> the worst news that's happened to me all day, all week. Yeah, you still got you get you get to see Case. you get to see Vegas. And you get to see Matt. You you kind of know a little bit more about this the the Vegas de- depiction here. It's we, can say, we can save for next time because I want to talk to with Corey about it. You okay. So you we'll save for the next one. All right, guys. Well, we've been shitting on the show for like the better part of an hour, I think, at this point. Uh, I guess just to put it in the weeks. Con- <laughs> we've been shitting on this concept for 11, <laughs> 11 weeks now. Weeks. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, th- this episode in particular, because I, I do want to kind of bring it back to like what was TV like in the 90s? Hey, guys. Guess what miniseries was nominated for for outstanding miniseries in the 1994 Emmys? Are you kidding me? This it's called was? the fucking stand, man. Yeah. This got nominated. All right, so against what? Like that's that's my okay, big yeah. thing. Yeah, so, so like exactly, we had this conversation a- earlier about like what was nominated. I think for an Oscar this year. Like and that was like yeah. we had it off like off mic. It was just like a, a little shit conversation. But like that's my big question for this because that was revealing. That was really revealing. No. That's a phenomenal question, Corey. What was nominated? Okay, <laughs> we have two PBS shows, Tales of the City, and the winner, Prime Suspect, number three. Oh. Um, mm. Also, World War II when lions roared. And my, I guess this just sounds insane that this is even a thing. Oldest living Confederate widow tells all. Please tell me that's just an old woman in a chair in front of a in front of a camera, right? Like, I assume it was a hundred six year old woman in a cornfield. Yeah, just just. <laughs> Bearing her soul. So I assume that's what it is. Of corn from Florida, which yeah, by the way, old... shout out, shout out for that tip. By the way, this week that was oh, my yes. favorite Twitter <laughs> thing of the entire week was finding out that they paid eighty k for corn to fly it in from Florida because we didn't plan this out right. Yeah, amazing. the the the, tw- the Twitter conversation about corn was just the fucking best. But Matt, amazing. I'm sorry. What's the what's the Confederate one? Oldest living Confederate widow no. tells all. So this was Jesus. not. So this is really indicative of. All right, wait, wait, wait. Can I have context? Can I have? Can I have like best drama? So like again, I, I want like, to go. I, 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 I hear go these it. miniseries and like I've never heard of any of them. So like let me right. let me hear the exactly. drama. Let me hear the dramas. And miniseries is tough too. So I'm not gonna kill them for that. Sure. I, I couldn't tell you what was nominated like lit last year for that. Okay. Oh, well, you probably outsta- could outsta- though outsta- because lots of limited series. That, that's that's again. I think this immediately speaks to the evolution of TV. Where we were. I assume they're better. I just don't know. I don't know them off the top of my head. That's all. Right. Um, Okay. So outstanding drama, Law and Order, Northern Exposure, NYPD Blue. These are all procedurals. Um, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Like, I think it's like season. I think it's the last season, which isn't great. I love Star Trek. It's ridiculous that it's nominated. And then the winner, Picket Fences. Like, this is not good shit, guys. Like, this is bad stuff. All right, that's that's really revealing for like the state of TV in the '90s. If those are the nominators and winners, like M- I mean NYPD Blue, Law and Order, like those are just blanket procedurals. Yeah. Like, could you guys imagine today, like for outstanding drama series, like Law and Order or like NCIS or CSI oh, being nominated? NCIS, that would be hilarious. No. And that's what was nominated in 94. It's that type of TV. TV is so much better now. It's not. It's 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 laughable. That this is this is what they had to re- this is what their their Emmys were about. How did people tune into the Emmys? Who was watching the Emmys? I don't. God, I, don't I really know. hope my Law and Order show wins it. This is a big this is a big shift. I think that, like this really put it in a lot of context for me, like where we were versus where we are. And again, I feel totally valid in my criticism of the stand now, and I feel slightly bad about my criticism of this show, only considering it's again top tier peers in this right like it's co-nominee other things that showed up on the show it just really puts it in context for me i don't know look and again last episode we enjoyed it this one i'm sorry i i'm i'm, I'm kind of done and I, again we have two more we have two more episodes you know it could pick up but considering i i have zero faith i don't i have no faith in this show getting better in two episodes i'm picking up from this boring episode i can't fair. can't fair enough yeah I, I, I'm done talking about this. You guys have anything else have to say about episode two here? Please listen to our other two episodes of this. <laughs> yeah, Nick like might be show? done, but me, me and Corey aren't done. We're, no, we're here for you guys. That's Come on. Fine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready to keep soldiering. <laughs> there's, there's enough. There's some things to like. There's some things. Look, to like. I didn't say I fell over. I'm still standing. I just, <laughs> I want to fall down. <laughs> you want to fall down. That's okay. I understand that. I understand. That. Uh, f- feel free to reach out to us on t- on Twitter. I feel like we're gonna get some comeback with some angry oh, yeah. messages here. Yeah. Uh, we're at underscore the broad uh, at underscore broadcasters. We're also on Gmail. There, you can reach out to us at the last man the last man standing podcast at gmail.com. 
uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for this episode. Anything else for us, guys? We still love you. If you're listening to this, we, oh, we still, appreciate we, you. We appreciate you, and we still love you. And we will continue to watch this show. We might not love it, uh, yeah, but we will love it more than 2020. I'm, I feel fairly confident now that we're halfway in that we will like it more than 2020. I think you say that. But one of the characters, Corey, is the voice for Patrick Starr. And we have to watch him for two more episodes. And I'm okay with And not it. think of Patrick. It's impossible. Uh, no, it will be a bonus for me. If I can, if I can picture Patrick and Chris Traeger having uh, uh, misadventures, like, that's okay with me. I can, I can deal with that. Yeah, see, Corey has okay. the right attitude. That's the way to go. That's, we'll, we'll, I'll come back in with a positive attitude next time. Of course I will. It'll, it'll fall apart within 20 minutes. That's fine. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week with another episode. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Corey. See you guys next week.